Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we usually dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2023. My name is Amato, he, him. And with you are... <laughs> oh, whoops. No, no, no. I'm just talking to myself today. <laughs> oh, okay. We, we can leave if you, if you like. <laughs> you, you two just sit here and listen. Wow, I really forgot the normal course of things there. I know, you were looking around at us like, like, and now you talk. <laughs> and with me are... Tori, they, them. And Della, she, her. All right. And we're, we're not doing a fanfic today, we're doing another roundtable discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, just for fun, just because what we love most is discussing visual media on a podcast. That's, you know, that's always a fun time. Yeah, how are we going <laughs> to... What's the game plan, Amato? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have an organized itinerary or, you know... Wait, not itinerary. What's the word when you're, like, in a meeting and there's a list of things you're going to talk about? Boredom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like someone has a... <laughs> a schedule? No, but, but there's a word for no, meetings. No, I know. Uh, docket? Maybe. Agenda? Agenda, yeah. Mm. I don't have an organized agenda, but I do have, like, I don't know. When I was thinking about a topic for a roundtable discussion, and suddenly I remembered the existence of fan art, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, there's a few things there that I might want to chat about. Yeah, so this is a continued discussion in our series about fan culture and history and... Fan works. Yeah, yeah. Except that we are, you know, unqualified to talk about fan art. So I'm especially expecting Tori to just go like all big Lebowski <laughs> on me and be like, shut up, Amato, you're out of your element. <laughs> <laughs> this is not true because I have not really dabbled in fan art since I was a teen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, probably some 20 odd years ago. Um, I did draw some of it. I had a DeviantArt account. Um, I had, especially in middle school, websites that I really liked to go to especially this one Digimon fan art website, which I can't remember what it's called and probably doesn't exist anymore. Probably. But that was back, you know, I had my own um, web art website, I think for like, I had my own Digimon that I'd created was like the main mm -hmm. splash page character. Ooh. And then I had art, like mostly fan art. Yeah. But I wasn't really big in the community and I certainly wouldn't know what's going on nowadays. <laughs> well, I mean, We'll get to that. I mean, some of what's going on is very clear. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I do want you to tell us a little bit more about your, I don't know, art, arty background there, though, because I never like put art on the internet, right? Mm. Arty. <laughs> Artish. And you put art on the internet, on things like deviant art and such. Yeah. And so, like, when was this and what was your process back then? Like, you, did were you drawing on the computer at that point? Did you scan stuff? What? Oh, yeah. No, scanning. You scanned um, things. But I did um, color things digitally a lot of the time. I'd, like, Photoshop and such stuff. Um, and I was definitely of that generation that started drawing the first time they saw Sailor Moon, mm -hmm. you know. Um and yeah, I remember I did. A, yeah, definitely. Mostly, though, I think the way I colored and shaded. Yeah, I had Photoshop and you could. It was actually a process. You'd scan your lines and then you could sort of fill the colors in where your lines are. But like in order to do the shading, I think you had to remove the white space from the image, from each piece of the image so that you could shade properly under the lines. Mm -hmm. And we didn't, we used our mouse. Like I used my <laughs> mouse. I didn't have, I, I remember artists had, or I don't remember when like drawing tablets for the computer started coming out, but I remember people had the Wacom tablets and I was like, oh my God, if only someday, like I dreamed of having that. And now I've had one for years and I don't do a lot of digital <laughs> art, but now I have like what they call a tablet nowadays, which is like a giant cell phone. And you can also draw on that. It's fun. <laughs> so back in the day, you did hybrid traditional digital art, sounds like. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Like, again, my lines were all usually, except for, um, what did they call them? There were these websites you could go to. Um, I want to I say Okami board, but that's not right, because Okami means wolf. Oh, it's it something be. bored with it starts with an O. It's a Japanese word. Oh, and you could it would just be a website. where Was you that like Okaki use, or something? Yeah, I think so. That sounds vaguely familiar. It was it's like not so much a thing anymore. Right. But no, but because it was kind of like a pre. Uh, I guess it was like a pre 4chan more like 
in terms of like just kind of, of a post with like a picture, right? Like that's kind of what you did. Well, no, the but website. Drew on it. Oh, sorry, go on. But but you drew on the website. It would yeah, it would just host this little, usually the square. Sometimes you could change the size of it, and it would give you tools to draw with, you oh, know, okay. like l- different oh. digital brushes and stuff. And that's all you did. But it allowed you to copy the image so that you could share it in other media. Because yeah, okay. back then, that stuff wasn't quite as easy. And like, you know, screenshots didn't have great resolution and blah, blah, blah. Like, And we didn't have, you know, styluses for everything or touchscreens. We didn't have touchscreen phones, believe it or <laughs> not, kids. <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> I know. God, this is going to be a lot of back in my day. Because you think about it now, and that feels really useless because it's basically the same thing you could do by using like your finger on your phone screen, except you'd be using a mouse on a website. We're looking at oekaki boards, by the way. Thank you. Which is just like drawing a picture boards, basically. Mm-hmm. Ekaki? Picture a- draw? A- yeah, picture draw. <laughs> <laughs> and the O is there because Japanese, that kind of thing. It's honorific. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Draw Picture Boards. That's... As an expert in Japanese, that's the official, very good translation that I just came up with. <laughs> well, now it's just a sound of disappointment. Oh, keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, mm-hmm. we can't start going like back in my day, you had to draw uphill both ways because like, mm-hmm. you know, do you remember the few times I actually had an old zine for us to work with? And like, you know, they had art and that art was line drawn and photocopied. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what, that was all they had. I mean, how else were you going to, like, I'm sure people had the instruments to do great colorful art, but then how would you reproduce it in like a, you know, cheap fan form? Yeah, it's the distribution. They they had home publishing things back in the day, but it was like, yeah, like lithograph, I think, Mm -hmm. but just risograph. Could be. I'm making words up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, lithograph. Lithograph is a type of printing, but if I recall correctly, it's like acid etching plates, I think. Hmm. I could be wrong. Let me look this up. I'm an artist. I should know this. (laughs) But yeah, they were working within the limitations of the time with the technology. And like I imagine there was like nice full color fan art stuff, but that was just at somebody's house. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's got to have existed. But yeah, like you said, the distribution would have been an issue. And so most of what I've seen from like the pre-internet era is line-drawn, photocopyable fan art. Yeah, just zine stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was pretty much right about lithographs, just to be clear. Good. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I assume... second, dec- second guess myself. <laughs> uh, I assumed you were right about everything. Yeah, oh, g- thank you. But uh, risographs are a form of cheap printing. Mm. They're a single drum printer. So the thing is, it's like the printer itself is kind of expensive and a little bit old school, but the printing is relatively cheap. But um, it etches the image onto the drum of the printer. And so you have to like, it has a little digital display. You have to do each drum individually. So you have to isolate the colors. But uh, yeah, that's an old school form of printing. Just I think that's what I was thinking of. Because in my mind, I saw someone turn a crank with a drum. Hmm. Well, yeah, the ones nowadays don't have a crank. They run automatically. But maybe back in the day, they did. So these giant drums of, of ink, basically, that you you. I don't know. Don't ask me. Uh, it, it, I know someone who knows way more about this than I do. But Yeah. If you know more, especially in relation to the fan community, l- let us know. <laughs> I'm now picturing like some old school, like, you know, 150 years ago. I don't know. Era like somebody with old school printing technology. And they're like, <laughs> yes, let us set this set this up to produce this Sherlock Holmes fanzine. Or <laughs> I mean, did the Divine Comedy have pictures? That'd be... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fan art, right? <laughs> yeah, it would. Divine Comedy is uh, fan fiction under my definition because it's based on, um, mm. you know, Revelations, which was very, very specifically written by a specific guy. Mm-hmm. Like, good times. But I, we may not actually be reading it on this podcast, I though. I don't know if that... I think Revelations was very specifically written by a specific oh, person. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. It's oh. so historical. One, one, guy, fact, one guy in a cave. <laughs> well, one guy who was very angry about a very specific political situation at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize we had that sort of record. I thought, you know, basically, you know, you take out 
the Council of Nicaea, you know, Bible, yeah, yeah. just amalgamation of everybody's words over time, like no, not s- anything. Specific, some of the portions right? of the New Testament, like their providence is a little bit fuzzy, but a lot mm-hmm. of it, it's very specific. Yeah. Revelations was written by a specific guy in a specific place that you can go and visit on your vacation in Greece that has like stuff okay, carved on like, the walls. Like <laughs> that's for sure, for sure. That's yeah. not just like, ah, yeah. and Jesus existed. <laughs> No. Well, okay. <laughs> just just revelations. Just, just sorry, that like blew my mind for a second because I thought I knew a lot about the Bible and No, I spent a lot of time with Revelations actually because I was growing up in a Christian church and I was bored and I offered the most wild like metaphorical imagery and that was yeah. fun to think about. You know what's crazy? Is <laughs> but, I, like... I guess divine comedy isn't it's not like revelations only specific or anything. It it Mm-mm. has a little bit of content from it, right? But I don't know. Uh, well, whatever. It's, whatever. It's it does. But it's, yeah, it's more about, like, the Christian mythos in general, right. I guess. Like, the, what's about the afterlife? Does it also have Christian. Cthulhu in it? Um, <laughs> maybe. That, that wouldn't help. How about Sailor Moon? Is Sailor Moon the one who, like, comes down to, you know, the first layer of hell and frees all those Greek scholars? That's in the Bible, too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sailor Moon is in the Bible. Got it. All right. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> the point is fan art. <laughs> okay, I would like to back up to another topic, mm-hmm. which is that I I was thinking about it, fan fiction. Some people write fan fiction. Some people have never written fan fiction. Mm-hmm. I think probably a lot more people have drawn fan art than will ever write fan fiction. I don't know. If only as a kid, because oh, you yeah. know what? Like, who doesn't try to draw a character they like at least in the modern day? Like, you know, I I. Googled Diglets and Voltorbs because they're easy to draw <laughs> in the margins of my thing. I tried to like, you know, draw Utna type characters and failed because those costumes are stupid and I was a terrible drawer. Like, I don't know. It's just like, if you draw and a lot of people as kids draw a little bit, you know, you might try to draw Mario, right? Like, I, I don't mean like as a studied pursuit, but like, it feels like something that a whole lot of people dabble in as a child, at least. I mean, I I think especially nowadays when, you know, it's no longer nerdy. Like we were the weird kids in <laughs> elementary, like in fifth grade. I remember bonding over someone because I had, bonding with someone because mm-hmm. I I just found out that anime existed. We'd like <laughs> just gotten like a, you know, dial up computer. And I was like l- looking at Sailor Moon websites and I told my friend, it's this thing called Anaheim. Yeah. <laughs> but we both drew... <laughs> And, you know, fortunately, she was able to correct me, but um, we both drew the Sailor Moon characters, but that would have been weird, right, at the time. Nowadays, you know, drawing Pokemon and drawing Mario. the Sailor Legend Moon characters would have been normal. weird at the time. But like a hundred years ago, how about, do you think kids were like, I'm gonna draw Davy Crockett, and they tried to draw Davy Crockett? Because mm-hmm. I feel like they probably did. Yeah, but, I, you know, probably, you know, what's interesting is I what I was actually really thinking about is um i had this assignment in fourth grade Mm -hmm. or third grade i I don't remember one of those years i lived in california and it was to write a draw a picture of yourself in your halloween costume and write a story about as if you were actually the character actually you were actually that thing and you came to school that day so mine was if batgirl went to castile elementary okay So, like, no, straight up, that's fan fiction, right? Oh, of course it is. Yeah. yeah. Like, the assignment was not to say it's me pretending to be Batgirl. Say, literally, I'm Batgirl and I went to this school. Well, so sometimes <laughs> teachers do do that. And, like, I, you know, I, I remember the story of, like, you know, dad meeting Beverly Cleary and, like, her being annoyed and teachers <laughs> doing assignments right, about, right. like, about, like, hey, why don't you write a, char- a story now using the Ramona characters? And Beverly Cleary was like, make their own characters. <laughs> I guess my point is that if you think about school and I'm, I think probably the point of more fan art has been produced is probably Mm -hmm. true because it doesn't take quite as long to do a doodle, right? Right. As kids won't spend a ton of time. Well, some kids will spend a lot of time in their drawings, but depending, all of us have probably doodled in our lifetime and drawn a diglet, right? Right. (laughs) For example. Many a diglet. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. three at once. So I think fan art just has a <laughs> three diglets, not a dug tree. Just, three <laughs> just like together making a podcast. 
So, so what you're saying is you think there's more fan art because it has like more of a zero entry point. I think that's one reason. And I want to follow up on that also. But I, I was going to say, I think a whole lot more people have dabbled in it. Mm-hmm. And I look, you know, as an education professional, I also think like in an art class, you know, it's way more likely to be like, hey, kids, here's some paper and some things to draw with. Draw something for fun. Mm-hmm. Like teachers are very rarely like, here's some lined paper. Write write a story. I, I don't care. Just like write a story about whatever. <laughs> that rarely happens. Uh... Like, but kids are encouraged to just like draw things for fun in ways that they're not encouraged to like write a story for fun. Yeah, usually there's some framing for right. assignments. You're right, such but, as the Batgirl narrative. And but, I, I think if you are asked to write something, you're not usually encouraged to, um, you know, copy someone's work or characters. No, and I mean, not that kids are necessarily encouraged to do that with art either. But like, if if someone draws a Batman, you're like, cool, Batman. Yeah, like no one's worried about that if you do right, if you right. do a story about batman it's like can't you come up with something on, on your own right it's like it's a little weird this character this You're kid's right. writing a story about batman yeah. right yeah. or yeah yeah it's still is that's the thing is like well it may have been weird to draw sailor moon characters in in my day back in the day <laughs> the good old days um it's still something we consider a little bit nerdy or weird if all a kid wants to do is write about Batman. Yeah, and that's just a cultural bias thing. Yeah, Yeah. it's something that's changed with art, but not as much with fiction. Interesting. And Della, before we move on, Mm -hmm. what character or thing from other intellectual property do you remember doodling as a child? No. (laughs) (laughs) You'll also have to produce the original works so we can scan them and put them online. No, no, no. Just, just, you know. I mean, you say that I'm the one that'd have to do this. <laughs> no, I'm joking about that part. I just mean, like, can you remember doodling any, like, characters or whatever? I'm the only trans fan on the show. I'm the only one that can work computers. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is, like, actually wow, true. Wow, you're so right. <laughs> um, I, I, I think my first anime I watched was, like, Samurai Pizza Cats. Like, I, that wasn't too much in my psyche, I mm-hmm. think. I, I think when it started to really seep in, was uh, Pokemon, and I have distinct memories of trying to do the anime eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pokemon has like a, it's a decent selection of anime eyes, actually. Yeah, it has a decent selection of anime eyes. They they have the uh, the the one that comes up to mind first is like the slanted um, '90s anime eyes, where that's like a, a re- rectangle, but mm-hmm. yeah, is it, don't, don't like Team Rocket kind of have those and like Voltorb and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Voltorb, sure. Yeah. And also the, uh, the maybe not Team Rocket. Also, like the more round anime eyes, I think Ash has mm-hmm. in some scenes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And Ash has more rounded eyes. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, starting on those Brock eyes, if you want, like the easy eyes first. <laughs> Brock doesn't have <laughs> eyes. Okay. He's got lines. But no, I, I remember trying to copy the basic anime, uh, I guess '90s anime face mm-hmm. of just like line, 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 sharp triangle for a nose, line, and then those eyes, and then like just whole bunch of random spikes for hair <laughs> right that was that was like a i think a revolution for our generation a little bit right because all of a sudden animation uh, copying these images just seems so simple and then plus you know we got the internet a few years after that so yeah and then um yeah that'd be drawn in my papers next to the uh the the s with the six lines yeah <laughs> we used to call it the superman s and i have no idea why because it, it doesn't look anything like superman isn't symbol. it like a skateboard company sign or something oh you know i think it might be yeah but i don't have any specific memories of trying to draw a character i think i just okay. tried to draw in the, in the style got it Mm-hmm. But I've been a huge consumer of, of fan art. Well, that's what I want to move on to. Yeah. How about let's yeah to talk about that a little bit of like mm-hmm. I don't know what fan art do you or have you sought out or like enjoyed or whatever. Um, I've been passively consuming fan art. I think continuously mm-hmm. <laughs> online. Um, it's a lot of my Tumblr. I, I don't log into Twitter anymore, but it's a lot of my Twitter feed. I found some uh, fandoms because of, I saw the fan art for it and liked it and then re- read the original material. I did that for um, uh, like Gideon the Ninth. Okay, here's the most convoluted chain of stuff. Sure. A while ago, I was on Tumblr, I think, and I saw a random fan art, and I thought, oh, that's cool. Let's see what this is from. And it was from the podcast uh, Welcome to Night Vale. Right. So I decided, oh, th- this seems like an interesting premise. I'm going to listen to it. 
And at the time, they were hyping up a crossover between that and another podcast, Thrilling Adventure Hour. So I thought, well, if they're going to cross over, I'm going to need to know what's happening in Thrilling Adventure Hour. Hmm. Turns out you didn't. But <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I listened to um, all Thrilling Adventure Hour. <laughs> then after that ended, two of the people that worked there, um, Hal Lublin and Mark Gagliardi, started their own uh, podcast um, where they decide things arbitrarily. <laughs> and during one of the commercials of that, <laughs> there was a uh, advertisement for another podcast on the same podcasting network, uh, The Adventure Zone which was like an actual play D&D podcast with a bunch of comedians who were Three Brothers and their dad. Mm-hmm. So I started listening to them and also their advice show, My Brother, My Brother and Me. <laughs> and one time they got invited to play um, Dimension, a Dimension 21 shot, which is a branch of college humor, <laughs> where they have a whole bunch of um, um, actual play things. Uh, DM'd by Br- Brendan Lee Mulligan, which I think is one of the best uh, dungeon masters in the world you know mm-hmm. fight me if you think i'm wrong <laughs> and a couple of people on that show <laughs> so after watching that one shot i watched their main series with the main cast and then after that <laughs> uh there was a uh, uh a married couple on there um emily axford and um and, and murph i forgot his first name brian murphy who do another podcast called not another D podcast so i listened to all of all, all three, uh, <laughs> all three campaigns of their stuff, and one of the people on that podcast is um, Jay Kurwitz from College Humor, was on I uh, Jake and Jake and Amir, so I watched all of Jake and Amir, and that's fan art, and that's fan art. <laughs> I am really confused. You're confused. Well, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Yeah, it's like I think you are touching on something that I. <laughs> was thinking through when like once I had the idea for this discussion, mm-hmm. which is that actually fan art is probably the most consumed type of fan media. Yeah. Period. Right. In the modern day. No contest. Yeah. Because if you are on any social media type thing and you are even peripherally involved with or following anybody who is at all involved in any kind of fandom for anything. Mm-hmm. you're just going to see some fan art like you know on your feed yeah like exactly. whether or not you're seeking it out well I, I, especially since i follow them after i find something i like well sure but like <laughs> even if you're like the most mainstream person possible mm-hmm. but you like game mm-hmm. of thrones mm-hmm. and like you follow somebody with like a, a twitter account who twitters about game of thrones mm-hmm. that person's gonna post some fan art uh, not, not necessarily their fan art yeah fan art that they found right right and like then you like the you know 49 year old like office worker <laughs> are gonna see this game of thrones fan art yeah in the yeah. modern day yes well, something i like about that is those um fan comics they posted normally because like they're like three or four panels mm-hmm. and they're fan art and they're usually if they're shared a lot they're usually pretty funny yeah sorry that's uh just related to what Amato was saying. It's like, yeah. if you live in, in East Asia, you probably see fan art like in grocery stores and stuff. Like, it's that? not done... Well, maybe it's not fan art. Maybe we have to define fan art. It'd be licensed. Yeah, yeah. it'd be, it'd be licensed. licensed. But yeah. it wouldn't be done by the original creator. But You're right, it wouldn't be fan you, you art. You would be seeing but more it visual would be more. Yeah, it kind of gets into that realm because like, let's say there's like, you know, little chibi ultraman you know not fan art and no it's not fan art you're right you're right i wasn't thinking that through but there is a better point to that which is to say you've seen that over and over so like of course you're gonna draw chibi ultraman you know at some point but, but you're saying there's more exposure to um uh fiction based art and characters and stuff mm, yes but also just that you know back circling back like adults you know being exposed to fan art or being exposed to the idea of fan art it's i don't know in my mind it was fan art it's actually not so it's fine (laughs) backing it up but it's it's not dissimilar it's got a connection there right well i I mean in terms of defining fan art gonna have to draw the same line anything licensed is not fan art doesn't matter who's doing it doesn't matter for what purpose if like you know, if you're reading an, a manga about Evangelion Pachinko, it's not fan art, like, or, you know, whatever the art is or whatever. It's all licensed. <sighs> what What if they retroactively license something? Retroactively. Well, like they Give find, me an example. They find a piece of fine, fan art they like online oh, yeah. and, and they decide to use it. So they reach out to the creator and license it and use it. They do that. That kind of, 
you know, I'm not sure that happened exactly, but there was a fan artist involved in like translating Game Center CX stuff. Mm -hmm. And she got tapped by Game Center CX to do some like official art. Mm. But I don't think that makes the stuff that she did on her own volition not fan art. And I, but I also don't think they specifically bought a piece of the stuff she had done as fan art. I think they just had her do other art anyway. Yeah, th yeah, this is getting into our what is fan fiction part two right, discussion. Right, right. <laughs> we, don't need to, like, we don't need to go down no, that no, no. hole, especially because I don't think we have enough like clear examples. Like I can definitely think of examples of like cosplayers who then got employed by there's this like mm -hmm. cosplayer I used to follow, mm -hmm. and they eventually got employed by Nintendo to be the like official Link cosplayer at a bunch of events. And that's really cool. Nice. But anyway, the point is, is that like I'm sure similar. No, that's things a weird question, Tori. With fan fiction mm. or fan art, I mean, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I feel like fan art in the day of social media is like extremely ubiquitous and you would have to just not be a fan of anything to not see it. And I like, I mean, I mean like not a fan of any kind of visual media or like, you know. Yeah. And if we're allowed to talk about modern day stuff, which I think we are in the mm -hmm. round table. <laughs> yeah, we are. What's interesting about fan art is that it, it moves really quickly. Yeah. So I'm part of the, like the, um. Um, Owl House fandom mm -hmm. and at one point on Instagram I got recommended this uh, uh, fan comic things and so I followed them and what's interesting is that like there'll be fan comics that come out like in between episodes mm -hmm. where, where they'll speculate about what's going on or what they think would happen or a funny thing would happen if that's based on the continuity up until that they've seen at that point mm -hmm. then when a new episode comes out I'd have to like not look at my Instagram feed until I watch that episode because otherwise I'd get spoilers. <laughs> I feel like that's more of a fan fiction thing because like a comic is fan fiction, right? As it's well, art it's as well, both, of course. It's both. it's both. But what I'm saying is that it's it's commenting on the narrative and maybe, you know, you could have a still image that would do the same thing. But I do think there's a distinction between I've just drawn my favorite character and I have included dialogue okay. or something from an episode. Are, are do you we, know what I mean? Are we drawing a line between Static fan art and uh, fan comics fan narratives. It's, I don't. Think I think it's hard to do, to. but yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't find the need to divide that. Personally. Not particularly. I think. I just think that the point that Della is making doesn't stand for all types of fan art. I guess well, I'm I think. To say. I think the larger point is just that art. There's there's some artists who can pound out art real quick, and that means that like you see fan art things move at the speed of internet memes, mm -hmm. and oh. so like for example with like. In in ways that I don't see fan fiction move that fast. Like when there was that, the there was like a, thing, me, a meme around the internet, like the the whole like Bowsette thing when like <laughs> new Super Mario Brothers Wii you whatever whatever it, it was whatever game that was. And it's like once someone had this and like made a piece of fan art, suddenly it was bam bam bam. It was back and forth with like people making fan art like you know all over back and forth happening really fast. <laughs> well, it also depends on the type of artist you you are. But yeah, some you know. Especially with cartooning, mm -hmm. people get really good at drawing the same characters compounded out so quickly. Yeah. But also an image takes how many seconds to consume? That's exactly, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't take that long to consume. No. So that I think is kind of a, a reciprocal sort of feedback loop, you know? And that's why, you know, I've never really thought about fan art very much is because like I've seen fan art around, but like n rarely does it stick with me or, you know. I, I see it long enough to say like, oh, cool, or to like not have a response to it. And then I scroll past because I'm a jerk that does not appreciate the <laughs> amount of work that these fan artists put into it. Well, you know, you're not a jerk, but you probably have a very typical reaction. Like for me, you know, yes, if it's just like a very like simple cartoon with minimal shading and a character I've seen drawn before by that same artist, I'm like, yeah, I saw the picture. Cool. Mm -hmm. But like oftentimes when I look at art, I spend a really long time like observing you know, what technique did they use? What are, you know, what colors? How did they make this? The nuance of it. But that's... That's because you are an artist. I am an artist. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know how, what percentage of the population is an artist or, or perceives art that way, even if they don't do much art. But it's probably not the majority. Well, it's like, I, I can, I consume a lot of fan art, I think. I'm, I'm a fan of consuming things as a visual media. Mm -hmm. And... Like I, I've seen a piece of fan art, then I followed that creator, then I've seen their fan art for like franchises, franchises I don't know, and then start looking at that franchise. And, and then you listen to a whole podcast, yeah. <sighs> By the way, that middle podcast I couldn't remember the name one's name of was uh, we got this with Mark and Hal. Anyways, 
I derailed myself. <laughs> I helped. You did. <laughs> you helped. I love that you consider you... that a helping a lot. <laughs> you consume a lot of fan art. I do. Um, and it's interesting seeing people's takes on it because, like, they're dramatically different. There are involved. There's lots of art techniques, and also it, you can consume a lot of it at a time because it does, in theory, only take seconds to consume. Mm-hmm. So. For example, in the locked tomb, there's um, the pool scene in the first book. And I can't tell you how many different versions of the, the, the pool scene I've seen drawn out and um, storyboarded out in comics and stuff. But every take has been pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting signifier, I think, to what like emotionally hits people. <laughs> Both what, what impacts people enough to want to draw it and enough that people want to see mm-hmm. more of it, even if it's the same thing. Or a similar thing. That's very interesting. I mean, do you think some of that impact is like just like pretty characters? Like, I swear to God, my biggest thing drawing growing up was character design. <laughs> I was like, like designing my own characters or just yeah. drawing characters who had great. Well, Tori, <laughs> talking about like drawing Sailor Moon characters makes me think that just like it's such a universal Sailor Moon fan experience that like. Mm-hmm, and then you tried mm-hmm. to draw your own Sailor Senshi. Yeah, like, of course. Everybody like, who did. hasn't, right? I, I think that's something that's like fairly adjacent, if not in the same thing, is people then designing their own OCs. Yeah, yeah. And then putting their OCs mm-hmm, in comics mm-hmm. and having their OCs interact with their friends' OCs. And then they're basically just creating like a new property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, Steven Universe was also a big one for, like, new characters. Yeah. And Gemsonas and what have you. Gemsonas. I mean, right. I, I'm My Little Pony, like, pony versions, like, original ponies, like... Yeah. Well, because you in- inherently have that sort of You have a template. Yeah, yeah. the template. Thank you. Right. Perfect, yes. I mean, Steven Universe, much less so, because actually the characters are widely different in that. But yeah. for something like Sailor Moon or, like, My Little Pony, it's like, okay, I've got, like, the shape of this character <laughs> or this outfit, and then what am I going to do to make it look a little different? Right. But, like, I think, you know, connected to that, like, it's not just a design template. It's this idea that, like, your character has to have some other element of identity that's connected. Mm. I think that's why the gem sonas work is because you you pick a gem and then Mm -hmm. you go from there, right? Just, like, with a lot of senshi, you know, like, um... They used to call them otaku senshi or something. Um, oh, geez, there was a word. <laughs> yeah. Or, anyway. Fan created senshi? Yeah, but, but there, there was, was another there was a term. word. Um, oh, well. Yeah. Anyway, for those, you don't necessarily have to pick a planet or a star, but you can pick a theme. You know, mm-hmm. like there's this, you start, I feel like my brain would always go, like, start with the theme and then go to the design. And I just feel like, at least for me, that just feels kind of like nice. You know, I it's guess, pleasant. To I guess think they call them way. otaku senshi, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay. Yeah. One of my favorite, like, um, flexes a fan artist does is if they take a character and they have, the, like, this, um, you know, they have a section off boxes and they just draw the same character in the style of, like, six or eight different shows. <laughs> mm, yeah. I, I don't know if y'all have seen that. Oh, but it's so satisfying. It's so interesting because then you realize, oh yeah, this show does draw eyes like this and this show does have those kind of proportions and like how you translate it from one okay, to the other. Okay. I love, I love, I love a redesign. Yeah. So yeah. like, you know, in my head growing up, I always used to be like, what if me and my friends were characters from Digimon? Like who would match for who? And mm-hmm. like, who would match for each Sailor Senshi? And then I'd like cross the you know, the fiction together and be like, who'd do that? So, like, when you see, like, you know, like, basically crossover art or one of my other favorite things was seeing the kid characters. What would they look like if they were grown up? Mm-hmm. Mm. And those were always so good because people came up with, like, the best outfits for them. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. I also like paper dolls, so... That, that reminds me that, like, um, you know, finished watching Agretzko recently because that series ended. Oh, and yeah. I, I still, I still just, gotta watch the last season. I love the character designs in Agretzko. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they make me so happy. Well, it, it's Sanrio, and isn't it? It is Sanrio. But, but I mean, it's really good character design. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, now, I Sanrio think I, does good characters. <laughs> I think I actually sought out, I wanted to see people's takes on, like, the the human versions of these characters and, like, you know, oh, did yeah, some fan art looking too. for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's really cool seeing how people, like, interpreted, like, <laughs> what would these characters look like if they weren't, you know, a red panda and a gorilla or whatever mm-hmm. and like i don't know <laughs> you just reminded me I, I also used to be obsessed with um 
there was a word for it too when you would uh, make a Digimon or a Pokemon or whatever into a human. Gajinka? Gajinka, yeah. yeah. I used to be obsessed with that too. But I think it just, it really just has to do with that, the elements of design and how people reinterpret those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, it was nothing weird. I wasn't like, what if they were sexy or something? Though I'm sure some people thought about that. No, yeah, I was like, but... human Agretzko, mm-hmm. rule 34. And I did that search. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I think... Sorry, I didn't mean to take it there. Well, I, I, I apologize to everyone. For a lot of these fan art stuff, you'd have to do what you'd want minus rule 34. <laughs> in order <laughs> right. to get anything that's not that. Because that's usually true. just assumed. Oh, <laughs> speaking of, though, I don't know if we want to go... Maybe we don't have to say too much about it, but there didn't used to be filters, internet filters. That's true. So oh, my yeah. exposure to searching for <laughs> fan art actually led me to some things that a child should not have, oh, or yeah, an adult me, oh, yeah, should not too. have been exposed to. <laughs> but I think I don't think we need to say much about that because I think anyone of our generation has had that experience. I, I think that that's a different roundtable. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I do want to hit with this roundtable. My other like main thought, because I had like two thoughts, mm-hmm. and I figured that was enough to carry an entire podcast, right? Sure. Um, the other thought was that in addition to being the most ubiquitous and like most heavily consumed type of fan media, fan art has got to be the most com- like able to what's what's the word commercial, like able to actually sell profitable, profitable, like Mm-mm. saleable out this of all really good out point. of all of fan media. <laughs> this is a really because good point. Artists take commissions all the time, all the time for money and for like decent amounts of money sure. for fan art. You, you, you go to, you know, any kind of convention and like, you know, there's going to be mm-hmm. booths and booths and booths of fan artists mm-hmm. selling prints of their fan prints art. Prints mm-hmm. and buttons and Sure, t-shirts. bookmarks. Like I bought it. Yeah. I bought like those. On my, that's not the same for fan fiction. No. On my um, TikTok feed, I randomly got this guy who was a lawyer and someone asked him, why is selling your own fan art legal by doing anything else? Let, let me guess the answer. Mm-hmm. It's not, but no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not and they they in fact they do care, but they see it as too much as a too much of a positive in order to do anything about it. Well, that's the that's always been the attitude towards doujinshi in Japan also is that yeah. in all with only like a couple of exceptions, right, right. all of these, you know, media companies who do like the original anime, the original manga, the original video games, they're just like the fans are really excited and they're building community and like it's it's helping us attacking these fan artists would hurt us. Okay, yeah. But why is it different for fan fiction? Because we've talked I a don't lot know. about people getting so litigious over fan fiction. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like famously a lot of stuff. You you can't write, you know, a Star Wars novel and sell it, but you can draw, you, can you draw know, Star Wars fan fiction. You can draw fan, fan art, art, art and sell yeah, it. At th- like they're a, both technically similar amounts of illegal, I think, but, but, but they're not going to pr- pr- prosecute it. Well, okay. look, may, you know, maybe... Maybe it's on the other end. Maybe it's on the consumer end. Because hmm. let's say you went to one of these fan conventions and there was a booth of right. someone selling their printed out fanfics. You're going to buy that? No, like, because the, you don't know what it is. The fan art, you know exactly what it is because exactly. you can see the fan art. Exactly. The fanfic, you're, you're going to like sit down and read this like 30,000 word story and be like, yes, I will buy this. I think that's how it was. I think a model today <laughs> with enough funding, <laughs> we could start our own like in convention fanzines of selling fan fanfics and stories. Well, you, Della, you mentioned fanzines is and you know, what well, we're talking from a modern perspective, but mm-hmm. in fact, fanfic used to be spread by fanzines that were sold by fans. Mm-hmm. And you know, you couldn't tell what was in it. You just knew because of the reputation of the artists or the fact that right. like this is the only person selling a like scar no, there was a lot of Starsky and Hutch. Uh, fanfic but but you know like whatever like because yeah. you're just buying everything you can whatever yeah um you get on a mailing list but like people did sell fan fiction fiction it's just no longer done well it's so broad and it's so easy to publish online and like, like y'all mentioned it's just like yeah well it's, you wouldn't it's it's not even like not done it's explicitly forbidden and i keep on seeing r- reminders like on my tumblr feed for like uh, people that go on ao3 and stuff that like do not do commissions for written fan fan works. You cannot uh, avoid that period because, like, if they if they did that and something like that got on Ao3, then the whole site could could get um, lawyered down. That's so weird because yeah, it's like look, the opposite on DeviantArt, if, right? Yeah, <laughs> like if, I want, commissions, commissions, if I want if I want a picture, 
if I want yeah. a picture of Han kissing Chewbacca, I can go <laughs> give someone this 50 bucks. This is your go What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I can go pay someone 50 bucks and they'll do that for me. And like, it's not going to be hard to find that person. I have a sneaking suspicion if you look at the model search history, it'd be Han plus Chewbacca plus Rule 34. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to keep keep the thread going here. Yeah, no shade, just one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it seems strange that like selling fan art is a real thing. And like, even I, you know, might consider buying fan art. I wouldn't actually because I'm poor, but like, <laughs> you know, the, the last con I was at, yeah. we ran by the booth of someone who does video game, uh, mandala style art based on video games. Oh. And so here's like oh, Ocarina yeah. of Time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I it's have like some of those. The, it's gorgeous. It's like the entire. I don't know if it's the same artist, but I have. Like a Zelda one, um, yeah. A link to the past, and uh, I think a Mario one too. Yeah, they, they do Pokemon. Mario ones. I have Pokemon. Sure. One, yeah. the, the idea is that they kind of like incorporate everything from a video game into mm -hmm. this art that's like radiating out from one circular figure, and then like there's layers of like art of like other stuff going on, and it's very cool. And as a fan, it's very pleasing because like you look at it and you're like, hey, that's everything about that game that I really like, and so mm -hmm. it's kind of like activating all your nostalgia at once, and so like. You know, I'm not a fan art target, but like even I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, those are really cool. That's like a really cool piece of art. Yeah. Of like pop art, obviously, not like fine art in like the classical going to be in museum oh my sense. God. Don't even start with me. That's I, like the distinction between like pulp and high fiction. I mean, give it, an, give it another 50 like, years and like this is going to be in a museum because people are going to be like, yeah. this was the product well, actually, of the fan communities of the early 21st century. Here in Portland, like several years ago, there was like a gallery exhibit specifically for local artists doing Legend of Zelda art. Awesome. That I went to. What? Awesome. I think that artist was featured there. I can't remember if I got that at a con or at that exhibit. Anyway, it was really, really cool. It was really, really cool. So yeah, fan fiction doesn't get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and like you said, I mean, but I mean, it's hard to exhibit fiction in that it is. way. Yeah, you, you can't but, you can't have like a group showing of a fanfic as you can do a group showing of a piece of art. We could do some kind of book club, maybe in a podcast form. That'd be the where closest we all thing read the do. same fanfic and then talk about it. That sounds incredibly pedantic, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it, it it's got to be a lot about the accessibility of art, mm. but the the commercialization of fan art is just surprising as someone who's so like immersed in fan fiction to suddenly think about. Yeah. It's That's weird, all. weird to yeah, think that like agreed. capitalism doesn't, you know, put the screws on the, the form of media that's the easiest to consume. Right. Maybe it's just like too much for them to try to control, like trying to grab water or something. I guess. I mean, look, I went to Peter Pan nursery school in California. That's like, you know, pre-kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And apparently Disney got annoyed at us using like Peter Pan <laughs> Like, you know, Disney style Peter what? Pan. Oh, like, the, for oh our... the style of the logo. I was gonna be like, Disney doesn't own the character Peter Pan. But yeah. Okay. It, I, I think there was like a picture of the Disney Peter right, Pan, right. like somehow <laughs> associated with or on the wall or something of the nursery school. Can you sell Disney art at cons? Does, does that happen? You know what? I feel like it must, but if if anyone was going to crush fan artists, it would be Disney mm -hmm. because right. they famously just crush everybody. Mm-hmm. It, like I'm racking my brain to think if I've seen Disney fan art cons, but it's not one of my like Disney. I mean, I love Disney movies, yeah. you know, in general, but it's not like my fandom. So it might not be the thing. And plus it's everywhere, you know, like licensed commercially. So like mm -hmm. maybe it just wouldn't have stuck out to me. And that's why I don't remember. But I honestly don't remember seeing Disney fan art. So is is Callan Hobbs peeing on stuff in the back of trucks fan art? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's transformative, <laughs> but like they didn't even draw that Calvin. It's still like, you know, yeah, still Watterson's Calvin. I'm glad I have you two here because I, I had that thought and it depressed me. I need to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a fan work. Mm. Mm -hmm. It is, but it's also like. I know, does Watterson approve of this Calvin oh, King no. character? Yeah, he w hates it, right? Watterson doesn't approve of like of him <laughs> selling a t-shirt, much less somebody else selling a t-shirt. an excellent point. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I would have assumed so, but yeah, okay. I guess that's technically fan art. That kind of gets into the weeds of like how, what fan art can be. Because like, let's say you just copy, like literally you just- Trace. Tr not trace. Um, like- 
screen grab an image and add something to it. It's a transformative work. It's it's a piece of fan media. Whether or not you call it fan art, I feel like is getting mm-hmm. to a very specific, like, you know. Yeah, well, it could be conceptual. Like, depends on what you add, right? If you just add, like, a tiny dot. How about if I have, but like... if you add, like, a word bubble saying yeah, something, well, it the, changes the meaning of the picture, well, right? What's the line between um, fan art and plagiarism when it comes to visual media? What if I have, like, four images mm. of Calvin peeing in a grid and each one's a different color? <laughs> that's art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that goes in museums, right? That's, that's art. Yeah. Well, famously, Andy Warhol stole from a lot of the people at the factory, so yeah. there you go. Yeah. You're right in line. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was my only other thought. That's all I got. I, I'm out of thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my thoughts have all gone to heaven. <laughs> Is that where they go? Oh, I assume have, when they You die. have very elevated thoughts. My thoughts do not go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I don't believe in hell, so... <laughs> I've rejected my Catholic upbringing. Mm. So everything must go to heaven now. Uh, uh, wait, uh, wait. How about the uh, uncaring void? Mm. It's probably more likely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, apropos of nothing, I guess my last thought about fan art is that like it it gets applied for more functional purposes too. Like Tori, like how you used to you know, do a picture for each episode of this back yeah. when you had free time and were not a graduate student and that kind of thing. Oh, uh, yeah. That was your last stint with fan art, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was refreshing to, like, come back to fan art. Um, it was really fun. And, like, it still has one of my favorite pictures of, like, Power Ranger crying <laughs> through the mask. Yeah, through yeah. The mask. <laughs> that was also me experimenting with digital art when I had, like, no experience except for that, like... Y- you would know if you saw my art from being a 12-year-old. I, I really wasn't doing much in terms of digital art. I was just, like, blocking in the colors. Right. Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, it's all over kind of as a logo-y thing. Like, if there's a if there's a YouTube channel of someone who plays Minecraft, there's probably going to be some fan art logo of them riding a minecart with, yeah. like, a diamond mm-hmm. sword or whatever. And, you know, because art is a visual, like, copyright kind of, like, identify a brand sort of thing. The other thing is that we're becoming increasingly more um, attracted to images in our culture Mm. in terms of, like, you know, we people watch more television now because there is more television than they read books. I I saw something where it's like... So that might be a thing. That they talked about how language was getting more pictographic because of that. Like there was more emojis, more gifs, more signs. Right, right. And like, uh, how science yeah. used less and less words nowadays, more just pictures. It, yeah. I think that's fairly accurate. Yeah. I mean, I don't think about it as often as I probably should because I like I'm obsessed with language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, I'm not like well, I mean, it's language. Sorry. It's but not it, that it's not language to use pictographic language. It's I a new mean, language. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I used to read like just so many books and now it's so much easier to turn on a tv show it's easier to consume i have a whole bunch of a you know cell phone comics on my phone that i read all the time yeah oftentimes if i really like a book i'll actually look for the audio book so i can listen to it while i walk my dog like the sitting down and reading thing doesn't happen for me very much anymore so i i think that could be very related to how we're perceiving you know why people why fan art is such a different thing than fan fiction nowadays. I think for me, I just prefer comics because I can go between written word and pictures from back and forth and that satisfies my brain that needs constant new stimuli. <laughs> well, I mean, you know me, I love comics. So yeah. I, I'll always be reading comics. We should do another fan comic sometime. Just need to find a good one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, we what have we done? Like uh, Rescue Rangers the and, Rescue Rangers one, yeah. and 8-Bit Theater? That's about yep. it. It's got, it's got to be more out there. I can't think of anything that wasn't from the past few years. Well, there's plenty of Dojin. Uh, yes. Just a matter of finding something like, appropriate in multiple yeah. senses of that word. Yeah. Oh, we could do the the one that I got in Japan, which is just like Joe and Gomamon from Digimon getting drunk <laughs> and talking about Joe's feelings. We oh. can read the Sailor Moon Phoenix Wright crossover that I got in Japan, where like it's a court case. <laughs> 
Yeah. They, they bring wise man to the stand. That, that continues <laughs> and that continues our trend of talking about visual media in an audio format. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, actually a picture is worth a thousand words. So instead of a 30,000 word fanfic, I'm just going to get like 30 pieces of fan art and we'll talk about those. Possible. <laughs> <laughs> no. I want to say you're being ridiculous, but possible. <laughs> it, it sounds hard. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Yeah. All right. I think we're done for now, though. Yes. Thank you for joining me on this roundtable discussion about fan art and how, like, you know, if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, the summary is probably <laughs> fan art. Am I right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Wait. Fan art? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what about fan art? I, well, I would just like everyone to confirm that I was indeed right. Yes. Mm. Okay. Wait, about what? <laughs> about, fan, about fan art. Existing? Or? Yeah, existing. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. A lot of things you say I don't want to confirm right, but... <laughs> well, I don't want to confirm it right before I, I understand the full implication. Yeah. So this was a very uh, special roundtable discussion episode of Retro Fanfic Retrospective about fan art. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not, doesn't have an episode number. You can find fan art on the internet pretty much anywhere. Go open Twitter. Mm -hmm. The intro song for the podcast is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. Our podcast is edited by Della Rose, who will also be represented by this symbol. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. And if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, contact us on Twitter at retrofanfic, Facebook at retrofanfic, send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. Just send us a piece of fan art in place of words. That's fine, too. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Della. We're just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. Wait, we didn't talk about TikTok and fan art. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> ah, shit. So. <laughs> okay, but uh, how many seconds do you have to talk about that in TikTok again? I think you verified three minutes. <laughs> oh, three minutes. Dang. Whoa. Yeah. It got long. Oh. I thought TikTok was like 10 seconds. Initially, yeah. <laughs> yeah.